0: Well, good morning. We are wrapping up our Advent series this morning, um, celebrating the birth of Jesus and what that means for us. We've talked about how God prepared the way for Jesus through the messenger of the birth of John the Baptist. We saw this through Zechariah and through Elizabeth and them um, getting a message from an angel that they would have a baby and that this baby would be the one who prepared the way for the Lord, that he would also prepare a people ready for the Lord. And then last week, we saw how this new uh, Messiah, the Savior, this person who was coming would be the king, and how the king would rule, and what kind of king he would be. And so this morning, um, we're kind of picking up off of that and going the rest of the way, um, because the reality is, we've talked about kind of all along the way, um, the king that we talked about last week is great. He was a great king. He's going to love us. He's going to care for us. He's going to provide for us. But for us, we don't just need a king We need something more than that, right? The situation we've been talking about all along is that we um, were dead in our trespasses and sins. There's something more going on than just needing good leaders, right? A good king, even if he reigns forever, doesn't actually solve all of our problems. Our problem isn't lack of knowledge. It isn't um, bad government or lack of education or people just not being nice to each other. Um, it's that we are marred by sin. And so we need someone to step in to solve this problem, to help us overcome that. And so the story of Jesus' birth is a good story. It's a great story. But is this baby that we're talking about actually someone who is going to be able to help us with our fundamental problem, which is our sin? And so that's what we're looking at this morning. We'll be in Luke chapter 2. Um, We're going to pick up actually right after the birth of Jesus, which we read um, just a few minutes ago. So Jesus has been born, and this is the kind of what comes next after that. So we're going to read verses 8 through 20. Um, If you're familiar with the Christmas story at all, this is going to sound very familiar to you. Um, And so let's read it together. Um, It says, in the same region, shepherds were staying out in the fields and keeping watch at night over their flock. And then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Don't be afraid, for look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy for, that will be for all the people. Today, in the city of David, a Savior was born for you, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be the sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped tightly in cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was a multitude of heavenly heavenly hosts with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and peace on earth to the people he favors. Now when the angels had left them and returned to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go straight to Bethlehem and see what has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they hurried off and found both Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And after seeing them, they reported the message they were told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary was treasuring up all these things in her heart and meditating on them. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had seen and heard, which were just as they had been told. And so we're going to go through this just kind of step by step to see what we can learn. What we can see is here for us First, the angels tell us, right, this was good news for all people. We saw this in verse 10. Don't be afraid, for look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. The angels promised good news of great joy. Doesn't that sound good, right? Good news that brings joy. Don't we all just, like right now, we just need some good news, right? That brings joy, that makes us happy, that makes us feel good about what's going on. Like the pandemic is over, right? That would be good news that brings joy. Our family all got along for the holidays. That would be good news of great joy. Our health problems are improving or have gone away, right? We could all use some good news. And if angels showed up this morning... I think we would be excited to hear what this good news was. And so what was the good news? First, it was good news for all people. The angels are speaking to Israelites, the chosen people of God. And so these shepherds and people around would understand what was happening. They had been waiting for the Messiah for so long. And they would understand what's happening in this moment. They had the background. They had the history of God working in their people. They were awaiting the Messiah, but the angels told them it was good news for all people. Not just the Jews, not just religious people, but all people. And one of the ways that they demonstrated this is by who got the news first. The first people that got this news are the angels showing up to the shepherds out in the fields, keeping watch over the sheep. Now, the shepherds were pretty much outcasts of society. Um, They were unclean. Um, I imagine spending all of your time outdoors with sheep uh, meant you probably didn't smell very well either. Probably not the best um, bathing routine and those kinds of things. But they were also considered dishonest. Um, So they kind of had a bad reputation. And in all reality, some of that was earned. Some of that was true about them. Right? But this is who God chooses to give the message to first. He chooses the shepherds. He doesn't announce it in the palace. He doesn't announce it in the news. He doesn't announce it in the middle of the city. He doesn't even, this isn't even an important city in the time. Like He doesn't go to any of those places. He goes to the shepherds. And that's where he sends his angels to announce it. Kind of demonstrating this message is for everybody. Even the outcast, Even the broken. Even the people that nobody else wants to be around. This message is for them not just people who know and understand and who can learn and all of these other things, right? His message goes to all people. And then we can actually get a hint of what this good news would be, even just from this verse. So the word used for good news here is the Greek word that means to preach the good news, right? That's the verb form, right? To preach the good news. The noun form of this word is translated as gospel, So this is gospel that they are saying. And this word gospel or good news is found 11 times in all of the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, but 10 of those are found in Luke. And so Luke is setting you up from the very beginning by using this word gospel, by using this word good news to look for it all throughout the rest of his book. And all of the other times that we see it, It's about the gospel, the good news of God entering the world, that the kingdom of God has come. And so what is this good news that will be proclaimed? Well, let's take a look and keep going. First, it will be a Savior for all people. We see this in verse 11. Today in the city of David, a Savior was born for you. Who is the Messiah? The Lord. So again, we see the line of David connection here, right? He's born in the city of David, connected to the line of David. Through Joseph, he would be this king that was promised back in 2 Samuel verse chapter 7. And then the angels give three names to describe Jesus, right? First, a Savior was born. And so to help us understand kind of what this concept means or what it would mean that he would be a Savior, right? What is he going to save you from? What is he here to save us for? We're going to go back and look at part of Joseph's story. We skipped this in the previous weeks, and we haven't really talked about Joseph a whole lot, except that he is the connection to the line of David. But here is Joseph's encounter with the angel, and it's going to go just like almost everybody else's. The angel's going to show up. He's going to say, don't be afraid. He's going to give him a message. There's going to be some kind of question, and then he's going to be like, okay, this is what we're doing. So this is part of that. This is from Matthew chapter 1, verses 20 and 21. So this is, it's going to say after he considered these things, one was um, he was engaged to someone who is now pregnant and it wasn't his, right? So when it says he considered these things, that's what he was considering. An angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife because what has been conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, And you are to name him Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. This is the message given to Joseph before Jesus is ever born, that this baby will be born and he will save their people from their sins. And So we've been connecting this all along to Ephesians. We already talked about that a little bit. We're all dead in our trespasses and sins. We are in trouble And nothing we can do can overcome our sin, can put us back in right standing with God. We've all fallen short. We have all missed the mark. But God sends a Savior, someone who can rescue us from our sin, who can save us, who can bring us back from death. Using this term Savior for Jesus in this moment would also be a big deal culturally because in this moment in Rome... The emperor, Augustus, had claimed also to be the savior of the world. And so the emperor was going to solve everyone's problems. The difference is, Jesus would make good on this promise. He would actually be the savior of the world. Right? He is the one who could rescue us all from our sins, who could go before us and pay the penalty. But notice that it doesn't just say, a Savior is born, but it says a Savior is born for you, right? A Savior is born for you, not just for the people at the time, not just for Joseph and Mary to have a son, not just for the people in the first century, not just for the Jews, but for you, for all of us. This baby was born, this Savior has come for all of us. Right? And that is good news, that a Savior was born who could save all of us from our sins. And next he is called the Messiah. You may have Christ in your translation. Christ is the Greek term, Messiah is the Hebrew term. And so those together help us understand that he is the anointed and chosen one. He has been appointed and authorized by God to carry out the work of his mission to carry out the work of salvation, right? His people needed to be saved. And God anointed Jesus to save them. He was also chosen. He was chosen and commissioned by God to save us, to rescue us, to redeem and restore. He is the one who was alluded to throughout all of the Old Testament of this one who would come to restore Israel, to redeem Israel, to save them from their sins. Everything from the Old Testament is pointing to this moment when Jesus would arrive. And everything in the Old Testament finds its fulfillment in him. But if you're listening to this and you were a Jew at the time, you would say, Savior, Messiah, isn't that what God does? Isn't that what God's role is? How can this baby be God? And so for the next term, Luke wants to make it really clear that this baby is also God. And he uses that next term, Lord. And so Luke has already used the title Lord around 15 times just in chapter 1. And so if you go back and read chapter 1, you'll see the word Lord um, at least 15 times. And almost all of the references are talking about God the Father, the God of Israel. And so there have been hints that the one one born would be the Lord or would be God's son. Zechariah was told that his son would prepare the way for the Lord, right, for the Son of God. Mary was told her son would be the Lord. But here the angels proclaim it outright, leaving no doubt the one who was born, who is the Savior, who is the Messiah, is fully God. He is the Lord sent for us. And so this message is good news of great joy for us, that there is a Savior, there is a Messiah, there is the Lord. God has come to rescue us, and it should bring hope for us, hope for all people. But I think the hope really comes in how we respond to this news. And that's what we're going to see next in the last half of 13 through 20, right? Of how we can respond to this good news that will actually bring us hope, that will actually change how we live our lives. And so first we have the angel's message, right? Glory to God in the highest peace on earth to the people he favors, And so the news, this good news or benefits of this news actually become a little narrower, right? Because first it was good news for all people. Now it's good news for the people he favors, right? Anyone can experience the good news, but now there is only peace for people God favors, Right? There's a second level here. And if you remember last week, we talked about God favoring Mary. And that word favor is built off the word grace, right? that it's freely given to all who would receive it. And so if you're looking for peace, if you're looking for calm, if you're looking for quiet, if you're looking for hope, if you're looking for rest, it is here for you in the birth of Jesus it is found in god it is found in this child who we are celebrating this season and then we see the response of the shepherds to this news right the angels have this big deal in front of them and the angels disappear and the shepherds look at each other and they respond by going straight to bethlehem and hurrying to find joseph and mary Right. Once they hear this news, they make a decision to go. Not just when it was convenient. Not, oh, we'll go tomorrow once the sun comes up. Not, oh, we'll go on our shift breaks between when we're watching the sheep. No, they just go. It makes me think of them running from where they are and just running through the streets of the city looking for this baby who was born And the question for us this morning is, how do we respond to the word of God when we receive it just like the shepherds, that a Savior has been born, that God has spoken to us, that God is calling us, that he is asking us to do something? Do we hurry to live that out, to follow what he's asking us to do? Do we go straight to him? Do we go straight to obedience? Or do we say, I need to pray about this for a little bit longer. I need to make sure this is what I'm supposed to do. I don't have time for that this week. Maybe next week I'll get to it. Right? I think the shepherds give us a great example that when we receive the word of God, the correct answer is to go. Right? Almost to hurry, to be obedient and after they saw, after they hurried and saw what God had done to see that the word they had given was true, they see the baby. What does it say they do? They spread the word. They told everybody. And everybody was amazed. They basically became the first evangelists. Right? They saw what God had done, and they, once they saw it, they told everybody. Which brings another question for us. Do we tell others what God has done and is doing in our lives? Are we evangelists for Jesus, right? We're evangelists for other things. We're evangelists for UT football sometimes when they're doing better, I think, right? Or the Cowboys or your sports team or whatever product you're using or the diet. Like you tell everybody when something is working in your life or making a difference. Do we do the same with Jesus? Right? When He is doing something in your life, when He is changing you, when He is working on you, when He is teaching you, when He is fulfilling you, do we tell other people about that? Are we telling the good news? And then at the end, it says that they glorified and praised God for what they had seen and heard because it had happened just as they were told. Right? When something happens just the way God has told you it would happen, the response is glorifying God and praising Him. Which brings us to our our next question. Do we glorify and praise God for what He has done and what we have seen in our lives? Because I know, even outside of becoming a Christian, even outside of putting your trust in Christ and receiving salvation from Him, that God has done something since that point in all of your lives? It wasn't just nothing after that. But do we praise God for that? Do we glorify God for that? Do we tell other people what God is continuing to do in our lives? For what we have seen and heard that God has done, are we telling others? All right, I think the shepherds give us a great example of what someone who has actually received the good news and is excited about the good news reacts you go, you hurry, you tell, you praise, you worship, you glorify God in all that you do. Right? That's our call in response to this news, in response to this hope that we have a Savior, is to rejoice, to be obedient to what He calls us to do, to tell others. Right? We can have this hope because we can hear from God. We can see Him working in our lives. We can tell other people what God is doing. We can praise. So I think the question from the shepherds is, how will you respond to the Word of God? Whether it's coming to you for the first time and you're not yet a believer and you want to put your faith in Him, or it's coming to you for the hundredth time or the thousandth time. Right when you read his word, how will you respond? As we kind of pull all of this together this morning, I want to go back to kind of what this was built around. And it's built around the, the line from um, O holy night. It says, A thrill of hope, a weary world rejoices. But I want us to look at the next line the next line says, for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. And yes, this song is biblical, but I think this line is more biblical than you realize. Because hidden, actually in Zechariah's praise of his son, which we saw um, a couple of weeks ago in Luke chapter 1, this is what it says. In verses 78 through 80, it says, Because of our God's merciful compassion, the dawn from on high will visit us to shine on those who live in darkness and the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. And so, what he's really saying is there is the sun will rise, a new dawn will break and light will shine into the world, right? Yonder breaks a new and glorious morn where the Savior has been born. God has visited us in His Son through the birth of Jesus. Right, so no matter the circumstances, no matter the situation, no matter where you are this morning or in this season, right, whether you're tired and depressed, or you're energetic and excited about what the new year may bring. We saw these truths all the way through. One is, we have a king, and that king is Jesus, and he will rule forever. And he is the greatest king that we could ever expect or hope for. And then we saw that we have a God who is preparing us all the time. He is working in us We saw that line that, that John was to make ready a people prepared, a people who are prepared for the Lord. So God is always working in us. He is always preparing us. And today we saw that all of us can receive and experience this good news of great joy in the Savior who was sent into the world for us. So I know you did that yesterday because that was Christmas. But you can give us a few, give a few more days of rejoicing in the good news of great joy for all people. That God has sent into the world a way to solve our most fundamental problem, the problem of sin in our lives. And it comes through the birth of Jesus, through this baby. Right? And like we talked about earlier, I think that's a picture of who God is. and right? He doesn't force himself into your life. He doesn't just take over automatically right he gently approaches you lovingly kindly compassionately now your life may change because you respond to him and you're obedient i'm I'm not promising you that nothing will change if you give your life to jesus My, my hope is that we will trust in him we will seek him we will listen to his word and we will respond by being obedient and telling others what he is doing in our lives because a Savior was born in Bethlehem and He will save us from our sins. Will you pray with me this morning? God, we come before You and we thank You for who You are. We thank You for what You have done in our lives. We thank You for sending a Savior, one who would come and rescue us from our sins, not just from our life situation or from Um, from COVID or whatever it is we're we're trying to be delivered from or saved from or are tired of dealing with or ready to move on to. God, we know that you sent him into the world for us so that we could have salvation, so that we could be saved from our sins, so that we could experience the good news, so that we could experience your grace. So our prayer this morning, our hope this morning is in you in sending Jesus into the world for us, to live among us, to save us, to rescue us as we put our trust in him. So God, help us to rejoice, help us to receive this good news, and help it to bring us hope in this season. It's in your name we pray. Amen.